and welcome everyone to uh, SUCON Chicago again. And this is the session on thought leadership, be the one that they want. Um, let me grab my clicker here. I am Heidi Thorne and I am the author of 11 books, including Swag, which I do have a copy over here. It's um, all on how to use promotional products for marketing your business. So um, that is something that I do. It says, my battery is running low. Mm, you might want to plug in your PC. Mm, interesting. <laughs> well, if, if it runs out, we'll try and do it a cappella, okay? <laughs> uh, anyway, all right. Also, I was in the uh, promotional products business for 17 years, which is why I wrote the book and wrote a couple other books on promotional products as well. Um, I'm a blogger on small business and self-publishing. Um, I've also been an editor for a, a newspaper for 15 years, uh, over 15 years, and I've been in sales and marketing for most of my career, which is over 25 years. So that's a little bit about who I am. There we go. Oh, thank you, Roger. <laughs> and if we haven't any time for questions, if you could save your questions for the end, you all have a handout so you can just jot some little notes about questions you'd like to ask at the end. But I want to make sure that we get through the entire uh, program so that we don't miss anything. On today's agenda, we're going to be talking about a number of different things. The first one is going to be the difference between leadership and thought leadership. And they're two very, very different concepts and strategies. Um, questions, we're going to talk about questions you need to ask yourself to start building your thought leadership strategy. And then we're going to talk about some tales of woe and tales of triumph, uh, twists and turns in thought leadership strategy development. And then we're also going to talk about costs, because thought leadership is not free as many people think. Let's talk about buzzwords. If we were doing SKUCon maybe 2010, 2011, what would we be talking about? Probably social media, social networking, social marketing. Uh, that was the hot thing back then. What are we talking about now? We're talking about content marketing, native advertising, and we're talking about thought leadership. They're all buzzwords. And you know what's weird about them is that they're all new terms for things that have been around forever. When we're talking about social networking and social marketing, that was typically word of mouth, right? I mean, years ago, that's been around forever. But now we call it, call it social networking. When you talk about thought leadership, a lot of people call it content marketing. Remember years ago, we used to call it advertorials. Now it's sponsored content and all those other fancy terms. It's just the same old thing. You're putting, you're putting information out there that is helpful to your audience. It's all it really is. But we really do need to distinguish between two major buzzwords. And the one of them is leadership, which I'm sure most of you have heard till you're sick of it, and thought leadership. And they are two very, very different concepts. Now we're going to uh, also be following along on the handout. You're going to be able to fit this in, what, we're, what you're seeing on the screen, with uh, some fill-in blanks on the handout. 
The first thing leadership is, is doing the right things. These are the people that win the best places to work type awards. They want to be excellent. They want to do what's right for their community, for their company, uh, for the world at large. That is one form of leadership. The next type of leadership is high market share. The group that owns the market is considered a leader. Another type of leadership is what I call cheaper, better, faster, and more. They're the ones who are the category killers. They're the, uh, the big box stores that cut everyone on price. They're the ones who do things better than anyone else. Um, they do it faster. And in this industry, faster is always better because we always want to get our orders out to our customers faster, and they want them faster. So uh, these can be you know, very, very um, well-regarded leaders in their industry. But it also creates competition and a hierarchy because when you have people who are always trying to be faster than, cheaper than, better than, you're always having a ranking system. So there, it does create competition, and then there's always somebody either ahead of you or behind you. Anyone can pursue a leadership strategy. Any company in the world can say, okay, I'm gonna do this faster than my competitor, I'm gonna do it better, I'm gonna do it cheaper, uh, you can always do a leadership strategy, but thought leadership is a little bit tougher. Thought leadership, and we're going to the next group of question uh, fill-in-blanks here, thought leadership is influence. You want to influence someone or something with what you say and what you do. You also want to change hearts and minds. You want to change how people think, how they feel, how they behave. And you also want to be top of mind awareness. Now this is a little bit competitive as we've talked about competition uh, just in the past couple moments, but you want to be the one that's seen as the, the person that is the role model for what you talk about and what you say and what you do. Thought leaders also are built on the principle of sharing. They want to share their knowledge, they want to share their expertise, and they want to share their assets, they want to share with other people in their communities or their industries, they want to have a sharing mentality. But to be a thought leader, you need street cred. You cannot do it otherwise. I think here's a, here's a fun example. Um, those of you who know me know I love pro football, okay? I really am counting down the days till preseason, and it's about 30 days, I think. <laughs> so I love pro football, but the thing is, I'm not, I'm not a street credited person in it. My husband says, well, why don't you start a blog on pro football? 
well, you know, I'm certainly, I never coached, I never played, but I love it, but that doesn't mean that I should do a blog on it. So I, ha I have a lot of people who are coming to me as new authors, and they want to talk about some subject that maybe they have a real affinity for, they really like it, but they don't have any experience or knowledge in it, and they would just crush their, their, their reputation by publishing anything in it. So you really do need to have some background and experience in the topic that you're talking about. Now, going back to the handout, the most important questions you need to answer when you're thinking about doing a thought leadership strategy. Because what, years ago when we were talking about social media, what was the, the thought? If you just add social media, everything's going to be good. Well, you can't do the same thing with social media, with uh, thought leadership. You can't just add thought leadership and everything's going to be good. You have to really think about it. The first question is, what and or who do you want to influence? What and or who do you want to influence? Do you want to influence the way people think? Do you want to influence how they behave? Do you want to influence an industry? And who do you want to influence? Do you want to influence the promotional products industry? Or do you want to influence your clients' industries? That may be a very common thing in this room. You want to influence your clients' industries. And why do you want to influence them? For me, in some of my stories, which I will share in a little bit, um, things were driving me crazy about how people did things. I saw people do it, making some of the biggest mistakes with marketing and promotional products. So it drove me nuts. And so that's why I wanted to influence my market with knowledge, my knowledge and expertise. But you have to really think about, now, why did I want to do that? Why did I want to influence my market? I wanted them to buy smarter, and I figured once they bought smarter, they would know they would buy more. So does this fit in with your overall business strategy? You know, you can influence a lot of people, but if it doesn't do anything for your company or your long-term goals, you're going to be spinning your wheels. Here's a big one. Does this group, be it your clients, your community, your industry, do they care? A lot of times they may not. And you're going to have a long, hard road with your thought leadership strategy if they don't care in even some small way. And we're going to talk about some instances of that, and you'll, you'll understand where that comes in. Last question, how will your thought leadership align with your overall business strategies? How is this going to work in with everything you do day to day to meet your long-term goals? So I'm going to give you like a moment here to fill in your answers, to think, just give a little bit of thought to what you would answer those questions with. What or who do you want to influence? Why do you want to influence them? Do they care? 
how will your thought leadership fit in with your overall strategy? We'll give it like two minutes here. And don't feel bad if you don't have your answers, because these are, these are sometimes very difficult questions to answer, but at least just give some small bit of thought to it. One more minute. Did you find that exercise a little bit harder than you thought it would be initially? Or was it, oh yeah, I know right away. If you do, well, you can come on up and present with me. <laughs> <laughs> because I find the questions really difficult. Because I did have a, I had, I've had a business coach for a number of years, and he was asking me these questions, and I had a hard, I, I don't know, I had to, I had to really think about it before my next coaching coaching session. <laughs> okay. Now we're going to talk about one more exercise that you have to do. And it's called the one sentence exercise. And this is on page two of your handout. The framework of this one sentence is your name, that should be the easy part, is the leading expert in your area of expertise, that's where you fit it in, and then for your audience. So after you've answered those first four questions, you probably have a pretty good idea of you know, who you're going to be targeting with, with a thought leadership strategy. So if you filled in your name, is the leading expert in? Now I'm going to caution you to not say promotional products, okay? <laughs> it would be easy to in this room, but I don't want you to just go for that. That's what do you, what is the larger, the larger arena that you play in? And maybe to help you figure out how this goes, we're going to talk about two different people. Now, the two ladies on the screen look very, very similar. They might even be twin sisters. Let's say that they're both in the promotional products industry. Now, they both work on two different markets. Let's say that girl number one is the leading expert in branded retail merchandising for colleges. Okay, let's say that's her market. Now, let's say her sister is the leading expert in fundraising incentives for small nonprofits. 
Do you think they're both going to be talking about the exact same thing with their industries or with their client base? They are not even going to be talking the same language. So that they both have different opportunities to talk to their client bases. And the one who's talking to colleges, what should she be talking about with her clients? Changes in the retail market, changes in colleges, changes in the demographics for colleges. Remember years ago, it used to be everybody was maybe 18 to 20 years old, and it was a fun, a fun environment. Now we have people of all ages in the college market. How do you do branded retail merchant, merchandise for people who are 45 years old going back to school? Do they have the same needs or do they care even about branded merchandise? They may not even care. Again, the do they care. So she would want to be talking to her clients about trends in the retail industry, trends in college demographics. She has a lot of different areas she can talk about with her clients. The fundraising incentives for small nonprofits. She can talk about the change in demographics of the donor bases that this particular non, her, her particular nonprofits serve. I know coming from a nonprofit background where I've been on the board for many years, we have challenges in trying to figure out, you know, like what market are we really trying to attract in terms of donors? And when we try and figure out what our incentives are, you know, is it going to be t-shirts? You know, you see all the, uh, the big, you know, nonprofits online. You get a blanket or you get a t-shirt or you get, you know, mugs or things like that. Well, do those still incentivize people? So her side of the market, she could really talk about a lot of different things. Trends in fundraising, trends in the types of merchandise that nonprofits go for. Um, changes in donors. I mean, there, there's a lot of things that she can talk about with her clients and become the expert at that. One thing I would caution you is about overreaching. You don't want to say, and I have a really good example of this that I'm going to share with you in a few moments. You don't want to say that you know everything about everything in that market. Um, I did a little bit of that and uh, stubbed my toes a couple of times. So it's really easy to do that. Um, one other thing, too, is your one sentence exercise that we did. You know, the, so your name is the leading expert in this for that. It determines who you talk to and it determines how you talk to them. I had an author client who. She said, oh, my book is going to be good for everyone. All right. Who is everyone? She said, well, women. All right. Okay, there's only you know, half the planet. <laughs> you know, okay. What kind of women are you going to be talking to? Again, you want to narrow that field farther and farther until you can be the expert in a niche. So your turn. How would you answer the one sentence? I'm going to give you one minute to answer that. And again, you know, this may be something you're wanting to think about over the next week or two um, before you get started on any thought leadership strategy planning. Just take a second to figure out what would be your one sentence at this point in time, or what do you think it would be today? 
everybody have a quick jotting down of what they think their one sentence would be? Now, we're going to put that one sentence to the test. We're going to call it the Jesus test. Do you remember that story where his disciples, um, he asks them, who do you say that I am? And they're throwing out this name, this prophet, that person. And he goes, who do you say that I am? Now, if you gave your clients that one sentence test, and you said, hey, how would you answer this question or this sentence? How would you fill in this sentence about me? Would they say the same thing that you just wrote down? Would they say the same thing? Don't be so sure. Don't be so sure. It can be very surprising what clients think about you and what they think you provide to the market. So it's, who do you say that I am? If you ask your clients, I, I've done this. I've done this with clients, and I was just shocked at the answers that I got. So I would challenge you to ask your clients when you're meeting with them. You know, I, I don't know if I'd put it in an email or anything like that. But uh, definitely when you're having a slight conversation, a very friendly conversation with your clients, ask them how they would fill in that sentence. Now, interestingly, all of these questions and all this thought process, this is done before you either, even write one or word before you write, say, or publish one word. I've seen so many people just start throwing stuff out onto their blog, onto Facebook, onto um, you know, all kinds of other, other areas, and then they don't really have a strategy in mind. They have no idea why they're doing it. And then it's hard to reframe that later on. And I'm going to give you some twists and turns that demonstrate why you need to do this in advance. I have some tales of thought leadership sales and fails. I have a sales tale, number one, of when it did work. My one sentence exercise was, Heidi Thorne is the leading expert in branding with promotional products for trade shows and events. I had a decade working in hotels and trade shows. And so I could talk the language. I had the street cred that the event person would want. I first cor correctly answered the who question. I answered who I wanted to deal with. I wanted to deal with event professionals. And I found a ton of them on Twitter, believe it or not. They're very, very chatty over there. <laughs> and luckily, I am too. So that worked out really well. And because I had the street cred from the trade show industry, I understood uh, exhibits going in and out of places. I understood you know, how they buy placement on the floor. Uh, I understood all of those kinds of things. It landed me with some promo sales, some nice promo sales 
One of them was even doing it for a TV show. So I, it, was, it was a very, very good turn for me because I was talking to the right people. And I also got a blogging opportunity out of it because I was talking to the right people. They knew who I was. I was making a statement in that industry. Now, I have a failed tale of when it didn't work. You can kind of see that little screenshot there is kind of like a typical promo site where you have a lot of links to all kinds of products. I wanted to be the promotional products person for small business. All right. Now, small business, do I, how many of you work with small businesses? Or do you mainly work with corporate? Maybe about half the room works with small business. Small business is a completely different animal than corporate marketing. I don't know if you, those of you who haven't worked with them, you'll understand uh, uh, after this. Product versus thought. They just wanted product. They just wanted to get it done. They just wanted to get their basic giveaway for a show or an event or open house or whatever they wanted to do. They didn't care about what the thought was. I mean, I, I had people literally doing things that were completely stupid. I mean, I had one client who had a very mobile audience. You know, these were guys who were traveling all the time. You know, not just like airline travel, but in the city travel. So they were on the road every day. So what does he want to pick? He wants to pick something that they can put on a desk. What? So he didn't care. You know, I tried to explain to him, you know, this is this was part of my education. This is what I think you should do instead. But he wasn't interested in that. He didn't care whether it made sense or not. He just wanted it because actually he wanted one of these items for himself. I failed the Jesus test. I actually asked one of my clients, I said, well, you know, you're one of my best folks. Why do you do business with me? And this client, just a, a backstory on it, this is one of those clients that some of you may have, you do a lot of research, you give them a lot of options, a lot of creative proposals, and then they do something completely different. He spends a lot of money with me, and he did want to be creative, but he was off-the-wall creative. I mean, things that you would be doing if you were a big corporation but not a small business, it was, it was a disaster. So when I asked him the question, well, why do you do business with me, he said, you have great service. I wanted to think, him to think that I was like very progressive and very creative, and I did all these beautiful proposals and everything. Oh no, it's just, you know, you, you answer the phone when I call. Really? That's it? So he didn't care. He didn't really care. He just wanted, he just wanted me to be one of the better vendors. That's it. He just cared if I was cheaper, better, faster, more. That was it. That's all he cared. It got even worse. Okay, I thought, well, I really want to educate this market on how to buy promotional products better and smarter so that they reach the clients they want and they don't waste their money. 
So here's what happened. I had a blog on promotional products for a number of years. And it got some pretty good play. And here's what would happen. I watched my analytics, and what would happen is they'd read my blog post on how to buy t-shirts or whatever they were talking about for that day, and then they'd bounce over to my competitors online and actually buy. So this, needless to say, was draining my resources. So again, you know, thought leadership, but you know, what are you trying to accomplish here? But the interesting thing was, through my talking about being better at promotional product choosing and all of those things, I got a good promotional product following. <laughs> I got a lot of people in the industry that I made friends with and that I got a following from. So, but that wasn't really what I wanted. You know, and I, I created some great friendships, but again, it didn't, it didn't serve my overall business strategies. And unfortunately, I can say that I have another tale of when it didn't work again. <laughs> I tried to about, oh, probably 2008, 2009. I wanted to be the leading expert in green marketing for small business. Okay, about that time, a lot of information about green stuff. I think the ASI show had a green pavilion. You know, everybody was talking green at that point. But unfortunately, I overreached a little bit. So in my blog posting and all those other things, I would talk about like biodegradable plastics and all of that. And so I published an article in one of our business newspapers in the area. And I got read the riot act by people in the plastics industry. They just, they <laughs> sent letters to the editor. <laughs> and the editors contacted me and said, well, you know, how am I going to respond to this? How should I, how should I even respond? I said, well, I'm just going with the inf best information I have. But I, I raised the attention of the wrong, the wrong audience. So I was, talking, I was talking about things I was hoping small business was listening, but they weren't. I failed the Jesus test again. Because my small business clients, they weren't interested in being green. They would talk a good game about it. We'd meet together and you know, I'd say, well, you know, maybe you want to try this recycled thing or this biodegradable thing. And they didn't really care. They did not care at all. They cared more about saving green. Why? Let's look at that year, 2008, 2009. What was happening? We had the whole mortgage crisis. The economic issues were uppermost in everyone's mind. They couldn't have cared less. But there is luckily some light at the end of the tunnel <laughs> uh, because I did change my business to doing something different. You know, I, I wanted to um, attract a new audience. So what I did was I became the expert for self-publishing for books and blogs for people who were small businesses, again, because I understood their language, but I'm talking about solopreneur level, you know, really, really small level 
uh, clients, that they're consultants, they do you know, maybe a small coaching business. So I got it right. I correctly answered who the who and what question, and I didn't overreach because I just said, I'm only gonna work with you on your books and blogs. I'm not gonna try and do your whole marketing strategy. Um, I'm, not, I'm just gonna narrow it to this. And so it actually worked. It, it, it works. So um, again, some examples of how this can really go in a wrong direction for you. So you really want to take some time to answer those questions competently. Now there are some costs to thought leadership. Like social media, it is never free. It is never, ever, ever free. So on your handout, we're gonna talk about the cost of thought leadership, and the first one is the time cost. Your time has a value, and a dollar value. So here's how you do it. First of all, you're going to figure out how many hours a day you're gonna spend on thought leadership activities whether it's writing your blog, or doing some Facebook posts, or maybe writing a book, or you know, whatever thought leadership or things you are going to be doing. Maybe you wanna be interviewed on TV, or you know, whatever your activities are. You're gonna figure out how much time you're spending on that a day, divide it by eight hours of work daily. Now, I know most of you work 10, 12 hours, but you can figure out you can use 10, 12, 8, whatever. I'm just using for this example, because it's easy um, and typical. I'm gonna use a half an hour, and then I'm going to um, go with eight hours a day. And I'm gonna say that I make 100 grand, just for round figures. If I take a half an hour a day, divided by the number of hours I'd work in a day, that's six and a quarter percent of my time is spent on thought leadership. If you multiply that by the, by the number of dollars you make a year, that's what your labor cost is, $6,250. Now, this, this might not be as applicable to you, but think about it. If you have employees in your company and you say, hey, you know what? I want you to work on a blog post for me today. And they're spending two hours a day that's a lot of time. Think about how much time and money you're spending for them to be on social media or thought leadership activities such as writing or blogging. It can be very, very expensive. So I don't think we really understand that until we can put a dollar figure on that. So you definitely, before you start really launching into a thought leadership program, which would be blogs and all those kinds of things, you really want to think about how much it's going to cost you. You also want to be thinking about um, what kind of talent do you have in-house? Can you write? Can you speak? Can you podcast? Can you do video? Uh, can you take photos? Are you great at social media? What kind of talent do you or you, your company, what do you have in-house already that you can rely on. Also talking about talent, a lot of people think that it's easy to start a blog, which is usually one of the greatest tools that you can use for thought leadership. But I usually tell them if they don't have 12 blog posts in the tank 
by the time they start a blog, they've all, they're already behind the eight ball because blogging takes a lot of time and energy. It really, really does. So if they think, oh, well, it's just going to take me 20 minutes a day. All right. And that 20 minutes doesn't get to be 20 minutes. It gets to be 60 minutes. And then life happens. And then they can't get to it again. And usually, I've seen very aggressive initial bloggers. They'll do it every day. And then all of a sudden, life happens. And then they won't blog for like three weeks or four weeks, two months. I've seen some have a hiatus of two years, three years. You think you're a thought leader at that point? You, you, what you're doing when you start a blog and then you just abandon it, you ruin your reputation because you look like you don't care anymore. You'd be better off just taking it down. Seriously, you would. And if you don't have the talent in-house, should you outsource? This is a big question. I know some people who are really, really good at helping their clients pull together content, such as articles or blogs or Facebook posts, those sorts of things, photos. They're really good at helping their clients do that, but I really caution you not to rely totally on them because what happens if they decide, well, you know, I, I, I can't work with you anymore? Then your whole program just dissolves. So it's a real balance between what you're going to create and what you're going to outsource either to someone in your company or maybe another, another partner or a consultant to help you. We also have tech issues. Tech issues can be ridiculous when you start talking about thought leadership avenues such as blogging. Um, I've moved my blog around a couple of times um, due to tech issues. The one tech issue, I think my favorite tech issue was even though I had uh, filters on all of my blogs, I still got one day where I had 120,000 spam comments get logged onto my, onto my site. Luckily, I had enough filters so that they didn't show publicly, but to clean that out took days. It was crazy. So you really want to think, well, do I have the talent? Do I have somebody in-house who's going to maintain this and keep tabs on all those tech issues? Could my site get hacked? You know, that's becoming more and more of an issue. I mean, I have some friends now who are still, like a month later, trying to dig out of a hack. So, you know, there's a lot of investment in terms of the tech side of thought leadership that you need to consider as well. And, of course, the time issue. Tech issues can take a massive amount of time. And also, there are legal and insurance issues with thought leadership, believe it or not. I know that sounds weird. Media liabilities, copyrights, trademarks, uh, libel, slander, defamation, um, invasion of privacy. Are you taking pictures of your clients at their, clients, at their client location? And you post it on the blog, and they're saying, well, you know, we didn't want you to post that. 
we're going to sue you for invasion of privacy. So you really need to be thinking about some of these legal aspects of thought leadership. And you also want to have disclaimers. If you are offering any sort of advice, you want to make sure that you have disclaimers on your site or in your articles or books or whatever you're writing that says, you know, this is educational and informational, but do your due diligence. <laughs> and do have an attorney help you pull that together. Now to figure out whether you're actually just treading water or spinning your wheels, you need to have some sort of analytics to figure out if this is even being successful. But what you watch will depend on what you're doing. So ex for example, if you're, doing, if you're doing TV interviews on a news show, let's say you ha get a regular spot with your local TV station on marketing or whatever your topic is, you want to see, are, they, are people coming to your website? Or you know, you're going to have to figure out, how am I going to measure, how am, gonna, how am I going to measure if I'm successful with this? And it takes time to see results. It can take like six months to a year to see any results from a thought leadership strategy. So that's, that's a pretty significant amount of time. But that's how long it takes for Google and all the other search engines to catch up. And we'll talk just to wrap it up here about a couple thought leadership role models who win awards. First of all, I would put Disney in that category. Now, I have an affiliation with Disney simply because my company that I worked for got absorbed by them after I left. So I have a little bit of a pension, and so I want to make sure that you know, all my friends who are Disney fans, they keep going to Disney. Uh, but they do a really good job in terms of their thought leadership. Their one sentence would be, we are the leading expert in creating magical, memorable experiences for families. All their advertising marries in with that. And did you know there's something called the Disney Institute? There is such a thing. And what do they do there? They share their customer service excellence strategies. So they've, they've definitely realized that they are a thought leader and they're willing to share that with the world. And then our SKUCon host, Mark Graham, is a really good role model when it comes to thought leadership. Now, all of us would probably say that Mark is one of the best promotional products persons we know. But I would put his one sentence like this. Mark Graham is the leading expert when it comes to cooperation and collaboration in peer-to-peer -peer associations. Now, if Mark were coming to me and wanted to consult with me, I would tell him you know, that he could probably branch out beyond the promotional products industry. He could talk to other industries that are having issues like we are in the promotional products industry where we've got maybe a lot of competition between suppliers and distributors. He could talk to some of those industries about how he brought together all of these forces in a cooperative and collaborative effort such as Common Skew. So Mark, we were just talking about you.
by the way? <laughs> well, you know, we'll talk about that later. Uh, but in a quick review, uh, leadership is not the same as thought leadership. So know the difference and know which strategy you're going for. Know who, what, and why you want to influence and if they care. Decide on your thought leadership role with your one sentence exercise. And use the Jesus test to see if your role is recognized and relevant to your audience. Then monitor your thought leadership, cost and results. And realize that there will be twists and turns, but there will also be new opportunities. So the key to it all is to become the expert and be the one that they want. So I hope I've given you a good framework for starting to think about some thought leadership strategies. And I can open up the floor to some questions. We have like maybe two minutes, two to three minutes for some questions. Does anybody have any questions or want to share an experience that they've had with a thought leadership type of strategy? Yes. LinkedIn had, right, the question was uh, dealing with LinkedIn as a potential platform for thought leadership. Um, it's relatively new. Uh, LinkedIn Pulse is their new blogging type of posting that they can do on LinkedIn. And I've had a number of friends who are experimenting with it. I think it's good because it does marry in with your professional profile. Um, we're still, the jury's still out on how far reaching that's going to be, whether you know, it will reach beyond LinkedIn. You know, is it going to extend to Facebook and you know, Google at large? Um, I think it's still a little too new to figure that out. Uh, but yeah, some people have had some really good success with it. So um, I think it's worth experimenting with you know, in a small way. See what kind of results you get. See if your profile gets more views. And, and then also see if, if it bounces back to your website, too. You know, because you want to, that's the ultimate. <laughs> you don't want them to just look at your profile. You really want them to be going to your website. So um, watch all the analytics if you do try that. Mm -hmm. Any other questions? Really good. Well, thank you very much. And um, if you have any questions afterwards, I'll be here for a few moments. And again, thank you for your attention and time, and uh, good luck with your thought leadership roles. <laughs>